Welcome to the Inspiration Show podcast with your host, Natalie Ledwell. If you'd like to tune into the Inspiration Show TV channel and watch all of the episodes, as well as receive six pre-made mind movies valued at $234, please go to www.theinspirationshow.tv. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and this is the Inspiration Show. Now today I have another Passion Peeps video for you and my special guest today is a gentleman by the name of Mark Black. Now Mark is a heart and double lung transplant recipient. He's turned four-time marathon runner, best-selling author, life coach and motivational speaker. Now Mark was born with a life-threatening heart defect and he underwent two open heart surgeries before the age of one. Now he battled his condition and its limitations for 22 years quite successfully, but at 23 years old, Mark was suddenly faced with the biggest challenge of his life. Now I'm not gonna spoil it for you because he's gonna share that with you in this interview. Now Mark has inspired thousands of people across America with his truly unique story and powerful life lessons that has helped people to live their life with passion and purpose. Of course, this makes him a perfect candidate for our Passion Peep segment. So guys, enjoy the video and I'll see you soon. All right, well, hi, Mark. Uh, welcome to the Inspiration Show. Hi, Natalie, and thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, now, you not only live your life with passion, but you uh, motivate a lot of people to live their life by passion, which is why you are a perfect candidate for the, uh, for the show today. So um, as you know, we ask um, all of my passion peeps uh, five questions. So let me start with the first question. Um, now... I know uh, that, uh, you know, not only do you live your life on passion, but I know that you haven't done, always done this. Um, and you have a very interesting story and a fantastic background. I was just wondering if you could share that with everyone today. Sure. So um, I was, uh, try and do this quickly. I was uh, born with a, a life-threatening heart problem. I had open heart surgery uh, at birth and then another at a year old. Uh, and was fortunate, really, to be able to handle that condition without too much problem until... I was about 23 and uh, started to just feel sick, just knew something wasn't right. And uh, over the course of four or five months uh, away at school, noticed uh, a lot of negative changes and, and went to see the doctor. And after running some tests, he, he came back with the conclusion that I needed a heart and double lung transplant uh, to save my life, essentially. He said, you may have a year or two without this. Uh, if we don't find organs to fit you in, in that time, you're probably not going to be around much longer. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot to take in. Um, but like anybody who goes through one of those diagnoses, whether it's that or it's cancer or whatever it is, there's this little, you know, there's this period of grieving, but then it's kind of like, okay, well, now I need to do something. You know, we have to take action on this. And, um, so our decision was to, to go ahead. You know, he offered us the option of not doing the transplant. Uh, and sort of living out whatever time I had left. You know, he said, you may die in hospital waiting. And I said, I'm 23 years old. I'm not ready to go home and, and quit. I'd rather, you know, die on an operating table than not do anything. And so uh, we were listed for transplant. I say we because it's, it's, it's a family ordeal. You know, I, I had such great support that I didn't do any of it by myself. But uh, I was listed for transplant. We had to move uh, two provinces away. I live here in Canada. Live, moved about 1,000 miles away to be listed for the transplant because there wasn't a center close to where we lived. And we lived there for uh, the better part of a year until uh, a donor was finally found in September of 2002. In fact, nine years ago yesterday. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and, and so, and of course, life has been 
wonderfully different ever since then. Okay. Well, you know, um, Mike, it's often fine threads that lead us from, you know, where we were to where we are now achieving all our goals and our passions. What were some of those uh, events or things that happened to you to get you from, you know, again, having to have a double lung and heart transplant to, to being able to, you know, empower people around the world like you do now? It, it was a very fine thread. Yeah, I can try to trace it back to, to one conversation one day. Uh, I was invited uh, in 2004, two years after my transplant, to speak at a high school graduation ceremony. And I was given 10 minutes and, and did the best I could with those 10 minutes. Shared a little of my story and some of the lessons that I learned from going through what I went through. And uh, at the end, a, a parent of one of the graduates came up to me and shook my hand, thanked me, and, and then said, uh, we hire people at my company to do what you just did all the time. And that was a, a, a light bulb moment for me because I, until then, I didn't realize that I could make a living doing, you know, what I love. I didn't know that I could share what I learned and share my experience and turn something that was negative into something positive. And so that conversation kind of opened my eyes and then the research began and, and here we are eight years later and, and I'm, I'm living, living a dream. So this is uh, something that, like, that you've always wanted to do? It, uh, I would never have said 10 years ago I want to be a motivational speaker. Uh, but I've always wanted to teach. I, my background was in education. I was planning to be a, a public school teacher before I had my transplant. And, and then because of uh, the, the, the medical situation that I live with now, I'm more susceptible to infections. And teaching, teaching in a school was just not a practical solution for me. But I look at what I do now and realize that I'm using many of the same skills. And I'm, essentially, I'm still teaching. It's just in a, in a different way. Uh, so I guess I could say I've always wanted to do this. Just I didn't imagine this would be the forum that I'd use to do it. I know exactly how you feel with that. <laughs> I never knew my movies would be our vehicle, my vehicle either. But but um, but teaching people and empowering people is exactly what I've wanted to do as well. So I completely understand. Yeah. Um, now my next question is that, like in my experience, I know that success doesn't just happen. You know, and most people, most successful people have specific habits or things they do each day to keep them on track. So what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis that keep you motivated and on track with all your goals? Sure. I mean, first, I, I want to have a disclaimer that I don't know how that I'm quote unquote successful because I'm not sure that it depends on how you define that. I mean, I, I live a life that I very much enjoy and I'm able to feed my family. And so that meets my definition of success. Um, but, you know, that's different for everybody. But what do I do? Uh, a couple of important things for me are um, daily prayer. Um, when I let that fall away because I get too busy or I think that there are other things that are more important, I realize that um, without God I have no energy and, and that I don't do anything that I do by myself. Uh, and so I have to kind of stay connected to that in order to be effective. Mm -hmm. uh, from a day-to-day from -day sort of physical perspective, I need my exercise. If I don't get some sort of physical activity in every, at least every couple of days, uh, I'm not at my best. And then besides that, it's, it's a really, for me, it's about surrounding myself with people and ideas, uh, books and TV shows and all of that stuff that, that is positive and affirming and life building instead of the opposite. Uh, I think so many, uh, so it's so easy in our culture today to feed our mind garbage. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, when I do that, I, I suffer the consequences. And so I've learned not to do that anymore. And so I, I spend time with good books and good people. You know, it's so interesting. I've done quite a few of these interviews now. 
and nearly every single person has included exercise and some kind of constant education in their daily routine. So, well, you're definitely on track with everyone else there. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> um, now, you're actually probably, probably really well qualified to answer this next question because I get a lot of emails from people who, you know, they um, they ask how can they stay positive when everything around them seems to be negative or seems to be working against them. Now, I know that you have a personal experience with this, so what's some advice that you could give people listening today? Uh, a couple of things. The first, the first thing, and I think it's the most important one, is to, to, to do whatever you need to do to take a step back and gain some perspective on the situation. Hmm. I think when we're surrounded with a, with a crisis, with a problem, it's very easy to kind of uh, withdraw into ourselves and live in that little world and feel very overwhelmed by a situation. And when you can step back and, and kind of gain some a bird's eye view of what you're going through, you can sort of put things into perspective. Uh, you know, when I was going through my, my transplant journey, I was uh, I spent six months in hospital before the transplant waiting. So six months, I lived in this little eight by eight room, and for the first few weeks, it, it nearly destroyed me mentally. And and then I began to shift my perspective away from me and what I was dealing with, and into the outside world and putting it all into perspective. And I looked around and I saw that despite what I was going through, there were lots of good things as well. Like I didn't go a single day without family or, or friends to support me when a lot of people were going through very hard things in the bed beside me and they were there alone for the most part. Uh, it just, the more I was able to get perspective, the more I was able to get gratitude for the things that I did have as opposed to focusing on the things that I didn't have. Right. And when I was able to do that, uh, the situation became a lot more uh, easy to deal with. Um, and I think the other thing is is to take responsibility, I guess, for for the things that you can do something about and to let go of the things that you can't. Uh, I have been fortunate to not ever experience it personally, but I think the, the program um, of Alcoholics Anonymous is, is sort of wrapped around this serenity prayer, right? This idea that God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. And every time I hear that prayer, I think if I could live that every day, a hundred percent, life would be easy. Absolutely. Because so many, you know, so many of us spend so much time and energy on things we have no power over at all uh, that we have no time left for the things that we do control. And yep. if we can kind of reallocate that energy, um, life becomes a lot easier journey. Absolutely. Now, I'm just sort of a question that's not on the list. We've got one more to go after here, but how many other people do you know around the world that's had a double lung and heart transplant? Um, I know, thanks to the world of the internet, um, I know a few. Um, it is a very rare surgery. In fact, the year that I was, I was, I was transplanted in uh, 2002 here in Canada. In 2001, when I was going through the process, they told me there hadn't been one done uh, that year or I believe the year before in all of Canada, so they're, they're quite rare. Uh, but it, you know, it happens from, from time to time, I guess. Uh, so I know a handful of people, six or seven people that I've met on the internet who have had the same surgery. Right, okay. All right, I've got one last question to ask you. Now, I know that this may be difficult to narrow dish down to one thing, but if there is one thing you could tell people that are listening today that they could implement today that would, would, that would facilitate a change in their life, what would that one thing be? actually pretty easy and, and, and simple, it's not easy, it's simple, not easy, and that is to take responsibility for your life. Uh, I think um, 
it's it's very easy to find reasons. Some would call them excuses, others would call them reasons mm-hmm. for why we don't have what we want or, or we're not living the life we want to live. And as valid as any of those may be, the bottom line is you're responsible for you and you're responsible for the results you get in your life. And the quicker you can take responsibility for that, the quicker you'll see results start to change because you'll realize if it's going to happen, I need to do something about it. Right. One of my favorite sayings is if it's to be, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. In other words, don't sit around and wait for the world to hand you your dreams and your goals and what you want. Go out and make it happen. Yep. And, and all the successful people I've ever had the privilege to meet did that. They went out and figured out what they wanted, and then they went out and, and made it happen. And yes, they had help, and yes, they got you know the people around them to support them. But at the end of the day, it didn't fall in their laps. They went out and they took responsibility for what they wanted, and they made it happen. So, if you don't like you know the life that you have or, or the results you're getting, then go do something about it. Awesome. Great answer. So, and I suppose what everyone would be wondering now as well, I know you had your transplant in 2002, but how's your health now? Like, how, how is life with you after, after the transplant? Uh, I've been incredibly blessed. Uh, since the transplant, uh, I've, I've run four marathons. So that kind of, wow. <laughs> it tells you what my physical health is like. I don't run them fast, but I do run them. Um, and uh, I've met and married my wife. We have two beautiful, healthy children. Um, I'm just, I'm living a life I... I Ten years ago, only hoped was maybe possible, uh, and it's it's been a, a wonderful journey. And and I I think what's really important, probably the biggest lesson I learned from my experience is that I don't I don't take any of that for granted. You know, and every day that I wake up and I can breathe and I'm healthy is is a good day. So yeah, awesome. Well, Marky, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been a fantastic interview. Um, you know, like I said, you have insights that most people don't have a perspective on, and I really appreciate your time today. Oh, thanks for having me, Natalie. Take care. Okay, Mark. So, if anyone wants to find out a little bit more about you, where, where can we send them? Sure. Uh, the quickest, easiest place is uh, markblack.ca. So, M-A-R-K Black.ca is the website, and people can also find me on Facebook. Fabulous. And guys, you can also click on the banner to the side there um, and go through to Mark's website if you want to find out some more about him. No worries. And and guys, remember, we've got another video coming out in a few days. But in the meantime, remember to uh, live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Inspiration Show podcast with Natalie Ledwell. Remember, if you'd like to check out the Inspiration Show TV channel and watch videos of all the episodes, as well as receive six pre-made mind movies valued at $234, please go to www.theinspirationshow.tv.